You're now tuned in to the conversation about me. From the magic mind of Gabriel to the voice of my own father, G Wayne. This is my Nardine, curating the new Black American persona. chirping sound you hear. <laughs> I think that just comes with it. I think hopefully people can get over that. I hope so too. I remember a time when I couldn't get over that. It was the summer of 2011. Paint picture. I was living alone in New York in my studio and the fire alarm is on the ceiling and nobody would come help me and so I pushed my bed into the middle of the floor and put a stepladder on top of a chair and balanced, like bracing myself from the roof because I had listened to that chirp for four days. I ripped it off the wall. Would you consider that a wise decision or? I mean, we all know I don't have any regrets. It was wise. I got that damn thing disconnected. You know what? Victory. <laughs> But anyway, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been an eventful couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, very eventful couple of weeks. So Pretty. I'm glad we back at it. Pretty eventful. Um, yeah. Personal and all over the world. Yeah. It's a lot popping right now. A whole lot popping. Which is why I was like, we got to get together and we got to talk on this stuff. Because it's, uh, it's a mess out here. It's a mess. It's a mess out here in these streets. So, yeah. first order of business. Yes. Where should we even start? Um, I would like to start with the cancellation of white women. Oh, Lord. Well, not all white women. Let's not, yeah. Let's Just make it generic. One. There are some particular ones some that are problematic right now. need to be canceled. Yeah, there are some. There's some. All right, tell you what. Let's go into who. Who? Which, who would you like to go into first? There are three. Three. All right, Is number one. Can I list them all and then you go in chronological Yes. Order? So the three white women that I would like to cancel this week are Roseanne Barr, mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. and Drizzy Drake. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I was going to do it. <laughs> I love how you said that. All right. Okay. okay so so number one, Roseanne. Roseanne. Like, who thought we should bring that show back? Nobody. But somebody did. So Yes, somebody did. <laughs> I don't know why I just tripped over my words like that. <laughs> but, yeah, somebody because, like, did. In reality, nobody but somebody. Right. Somebody did. Somebody thought that, uh, and I've heard commentary that they thought that it would be good to have some common sense people illustrate what a family looks like that supports Trump or something like that, right? Really? Is yeah. That I've, the, I've read that so, commentary. I don't know. 
I remember like the original show and what they were trying to do and I remember being appalled it was funny but like it was regular mm-hmm. but it was appalling but I don't know why they brought it back but they're doing it a lot they're bringing a lot of shows back and there are some really good shows that they should bring back mm-hmm. but they're not but like so in retrospect Martin I would love for that yeah, to come Martin back Martin should come back Roseanne not nah, so much I left that one yeah, I mean Roseanne has always had we, we can say questionable content no she writes it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't a, gotta be PG. This okay, we don't. This our joke. Yeah, I mean, ain't nobody ever like that trifle motherfucker. I anyway. mean, but and the but thing for is, real. the thing is, she's never, she's always catered to, and this is what frustrates me. It doesn't frustrate me. It it makes it clearer for me. Mm-hmm. She's always been able to play the like common, you know, suburban. But not really. She's outcast. So, like, the the trick of the trade is nobody, like, quote-unquote, white suburbia didn't accept this show at first because they were the, like, the poor white. Like, her husband was always, you know, searching for, like, the work, the kids. They had to live in boyfriends. Like, they weren't the model family. They went against the model family. And I remember the controversy over the, like, um, when she had dressed as, was it Hitler? Yeah, she she dressed as Hitler and she had burnt gingerbread cookies. But, you know, it's crazy. So when I saw my timeline, there were a lot of non-black people commenting about, oh, you know, Roseanne's been, you know, racist. Why is she coming back? Do we forget? Blah, 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 blah. But... I haven't heard those same said people responding to this recent situation. And for our listeners who don't know what happened, Roseanne got comfortable, got on Twitter, said something inappropriate about a black woman, Mm -hmm. and in turn got canceled by a black woman. Mm -hmm. So the head of ABC, which is also owned by Disney, um, is a black woman. And it's a little known fact, but Channing Dungy, mm-hmm. she's a boss. And you should know who your boss is before you get on Twitter. But you know who's allowed people to get away with stuff like that? Who? The president of the United States. What? Like, he can tweet racist things and have absolutely no, you know, negative repercussions. People support it. And then she came out today saying, don't don't um, validate my statement. Don't validate my statement. It was wrong. So y'all know she's wrong. She knows she's wrong. And y'all still, still validate it. Yeah. Take them hoods off. <clears throat> couple of things that I noticed were a couple of things that I saw online that again, it doesn't surprise me. It just reinforces some of the ideas that I have about you know what people consider acceptable and what mm-hmm. people will make excuses for. So uh, the first one is, oh, and first of all, the black lady that she dissed was uh, Valerie Jarrett, mm-hmm. who Former was advisor a, to Obama. To Obama, advisor for Obama, and she said something about her being a monkey. Uh, called her name. Yeah, something. Played her BAs. 
Is uh, quit listening to people make excuses for trash. Right. So if she if she does something and they want to defend it as freedom of speech, please please drag them. Drag them. And you know what's really funny? Yeah. Her like quote unquote apology tweet when she tried to implicate Ambien. Oh. Yeah. Did you see Ambien's response? Yes. They named all the side effects that all were the there. Side they were like. Racism and bigotry is not one not of them. A side <laughs> so that was that was really good. But you know what's really like the utmost like the bad part about this story, aside from I mean, I think it's a beautiful I think it's a beautiful story because we are seeing how um like people won't be getting away with this for mm-hmm. very much longer. Um, but the the downside to all of this is the people who lost their jobs because of her mistake like her cast they no longer have a job all of the stage folks no longer have jobs makeup artists so it's not just Roseanne who got cancelled it's everybody who like supported the production and so let this be a statement to everyone out here your mouth can get everybody cancelled not just you I think there's a portion of me that feels sorry for and there's another portion that just does not Oh, for them, for them. The reason why I say that is because, barring there were no other employment opportunities, you were able to excuse somebody who has historically been trash. No, that's that's not. I'm not talking about like writers. I'm talking about regular stage people. Are you talking about like the Dolly Hamlet? Yeah, I'm like everybody who goes on the. Yeah, like everyone who's on. I give you them. Like the The writers. I'm talking about them. I'm talking about you know. The people who, like, because they depend on the show going to production, so. Yeah, I, I'll roll with that. I'll roll with that. But, man, yeah, I have a real hard time being okay with, you know, if no. you knew she was trash, no, no, why would you work for her? No, 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 not and, and take that. And, you know, on a grand scale, a lot of us are working for people who we can who really. Who are trash. We can call them a wild card. No. Trash. Okay. The reason I say wild card, though, is because we don't know if at some point their personal beliefs can can spray out and we all feel the effect of it. Oh, okay. I you know what I'm saying? what I'm saying? I thought so, you were saying that we don't know that we're working for trash sometimes. I've known every single time that I've worked <laughs> for trash. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what my thing is. Yeah. Just, I, I feel like there's such a risk you run when you don't have your owner, when you're not partnered with people you know have the same quality and values yeah the yeah, same values. values it's and all you know what's so funny though mm-hmm. like people have been able to hide it for so long and then social media so like before 
you know, back on Facebook, you had to have like a college account, and the only people who had Facebook were, you know, college students who mm-hmm. graduated, blah, 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 blah. Now everybody has access to a Facebook account, and especially for like a like this time reminder, like you could have been trashing a one, mm-hmm. and now it's coming up because you posted a picture and forgot about it, or you did something in blackface at a Halloween party and forgot about it. I'm just saying, blackface is a thing. So. Yeah, since blackface is a thing, we're gonna skip over Kardashian real quick, and we're gonna go straight to Drake. I mean. <laughs> So, for anybody who has heard about this recent beef now, mind you, I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days. I actually want to give, like, a disclaimer. I don't, I've never even, I didn't even listen. I can give you a real good disclaimer. No, I've seen, yeah. I've seen it, mm-hmm. but I just want to shout out Kevin on stage because <laughs> that video is probably the only reason why I care. I've seen people posting about it for days. I've seen chat room dialogue. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram memes, but that Kev on stage video when he, he said you have to fight. Yeah, I was. You gotta fight. Crying. Yeah. So what happened with this is um, Pusha T, who used to be in the in the rap group Clips, mm-hmm. um, and is now signed to Kanye. Okay. <clears throat> this is gonna be a good. So the the only thing I know about Pusha T and the reason why I was paying attention to him is because of that trash smooth that he did with purchasing the image of Whitney Houston's bathroom, bathroom mm-hmm. via Kanye. So that's why I was like, I don't even know who Pusha T is and then I said all this trash and then I saw this rap battle. But continue. Okay, I'll continue. So Push <laughs> Push dropped the album on Friday and uh, the last song on the album was called Infrared. Yeah. Took some shots at Drake. Um, just his ability to write and you know he's been under fire for having a ghostwriter for couple of songs so he mentioned that and he's had some issues with with their pay with young money cash money just things like that so he's just getting at him like you know quit being a bum basically Drake responds Drake owes Pusha T money Mm oh Drake money just ain't right and Pusha T's picking on for it got it um so then Drake responds that night Friday night Mm -hmm. which is unprecedented normally Mm -hmm. you hear an album you know, you probably hear, if there's a diss in it, you'll hear something back in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Drake responded that night. And during that response, he basically was like, you know, going at him, you're the oldest dude in your crew, you're the fifth best rapper in your in your, uh, in your record label. Mm-hmm. And then he called out Pusha T's fiance mm-hmm. by first and last name. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that, I was like, well, we're not talking about rap no more. Mm-hmm. Now we've gone personal. Mm-hmm. So today, uh, oh, it's an invoice thing. Oh yeah. So he was like, he's like, I'm gonna send Kanye and you an invoice for hundred. I'm, I'm gonna send you an invoice because I just helped you sell your whack ass album. Oh, I get. And send in, and then he posted the hundred thousand dollars for uh, promotion. Okay, I get. Right. So I mean, I thought it was it was clever. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, yo. Mm-hmm. Drake came out swinging. That was pretty impressive. But the fact that he mentioned, he mentioned Pusha T's brother, who used to be in the rap group with him, mm-hmm. and has since gone to. He's an author now. Um, he doesn't really do the drug rap anymore because he's saved and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so he mentioned his brother, 
and how Pusha T is just kind of like rapping about what he saw his brother and his people do. Regardless, it got deep. Mm-hmm. Pusha T responds today and put together a package. The package was the cover art for the for the song was um, a picture of Drake mm-hmm. in blackface. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, there's a bunch of speculation as to why. I just don't understand why a young man of Jewish and black descent would have even the inclination Mm -hmm. to take a picture in blackface. Mm -hmm. And then he just eviscerated him in the track. Um, He talked about his dad. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, (laughs) Drake's dad. Yeah, Steve Hardy suits and the the big thick mustache. He talked about his dad, talked about his mama, Mm. about how, you know, she couldn't get married Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then he was like, you want to talk about my fiance? Well, let's talk about who you chose as your fiance. And it was a porn star that that, uh, Mr. Graham apparently has had a child with. Wait. That he hasn't. He actually proposed to this woman? No. Oh. Okay. He said, my fiance, we'll talk about who you chose as your Beyonce. Oh, be. <laughs> yeah. That. So like. it was a, it's, it's this porn star girl. I've never seen it because I don't watch that stuff. And, um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's irrelevant. Oh, so side note, I definitely did see somebody's Instagram comments that said, has anybody found her yet? I've been on poor hub for 30 <laughs> minutes searching and I ain't found her yet. Um, I don't yeah. enjoy that. But I basically he was it. like, you know, you hiding your kid. You a deadbeat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it really got deep. Um, I'm okay with it. I like I like the I'm okay with him never do the blackface. And I actually, you know, I don't know if I would say like, I was actually very interested in Drake's music because, you know, I can sing along to it, mm-hmm. especially this last album. It was like real sexy mm-hmm. for the girls, and but you know, that was our second white woman. Okay, and now <laughs> on to our third. <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble. I love it. This. It's all good. Go ahead. I don't care. So, um, Miss Kardashian West, yes, wants to take on prison reform all by herself. Because, you know, us black women in prison, we need us a Kim Kardashian West. This is so problematic on so many levels. And Um, I don't even understand, like, why this family doesn't see what they're doing. Like, why are you in the Oval... Are we still calling it the Oval Office? Well, I don't know. I mean... is it? We don't want to call it the Oval Office of Kim Kardashian the, and the Trump squoval, going in there. It's a lot the of... office mm-hmm. with him um, sitting at the helm, like, taking these, like, photo ops. The free world is not a prop. Right. And, like, drug convictions and the impact that, like, grossly like overcharging and over bashing and just criminalizing black people through the prison system in response to quote unquote the war on drugs like that is a deep rooted situation and issue for our community and I just constantly feel like one day your husband's a pony and the next day 
you're in this global office making a mockery of us again. Right. I think if there's any, first of all, if there's any listeners with sensitive ears, then just prep yourself. Yeah. If there's anything that has fucked more black men hmm. than prison or Kim Kardashian. Pick your teeth and you're good. You can do it straight. Right. There's, there's nothing, in, in my opinion, there's no way that she could speak to the, to the, to the trouble that we see, to the things that we face, right. and for her to be called to speak to prison reform as a woman who has not had to deal with like this pain, at all. like for her dad, like come on, I don't know, I just how it, that was appropriate, I have no idea. It wasn't appropriate, and I think social media is such a powerful tool, and I think we're always talking about social media because clearly that is how we are directly connected in the world right now but so she found out about the story about a a black woman who was convicted of a drug crime and she received a life sentence Mm -hmm. and so would I say that sentence was not just yes Mm -hmm. the person has been in jail for 21 years for this crime and um, it just it, it just really weighed heavy on Kim Kardashian's heart. And so she started tweeting about it. She got her lawyers involved. And now she's sitting in this global office. But to that note, in the same exact week, the nonprofit named for her mother-in-law, rest her soul, is changing its name over a Twitter beef. Let's go back. Let's go back to that. Thank you. Like down this house. So that was a byproduct like of, of this. The, the beef. And the, that's my point. Like, so you're like, oh, I'm not a bad person. I'm gonna do something right for this one black woman. After I disrespected the lineage that my husband comes from. Right. I just I don't get her, and I don't understand why she's not been canceled, or why that whole family hasn't been canceled. But I will say that we have to be careful because the more power we give these people, the harder it's going to be to come back from. And the more that their word for our struggle becomes what people use as the narrative for our struggle. Because now, white people can say, we are doing something for the black community. Look, Trump took a meeting with Kim Kim Kardashian. And the other problematic side about this is Asking the president of the United States for a pardon is extreme and should be used for very extreme cases, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, wrongly accused, falsely accused, something that, like, really, like, the person did the crime and just, or didn't do the crime. but Didn't do the crime and couldn't afford to pay the fence. Like, Hello. <laughs> there have been Let's... men. There have been at least fifteen people exonerated in the past. I would say six months. Yeah. People who had served thirty years, twenty five right. years, twenty one years for lack of just representation. Right. For things that everybody knew they were innocent for, but they never made time to try. Right. And there's so many cases where not just black people, but disadvantaged individuals were just used by the system and abused by the system 
And I feel like when you talk about prison reform, you have to talk about the systemic issue. You can't mm-hmm. just say this one case needs to be the poster child for unraveling the years of <laughs> power that is embedded in our prison system. I think the other thing is, how do you, on one hand, say, police, handle your business. Right. Kick these people around if you got right. to. Get these criminals off the street. Right. Knowing that there's a systemic problem right. with the way that laws are enforced, and then hold a meeting about prison reform. Right. I can't stand them, bruh. It's, and I don't understand how they got here. I don't either. Like We've been invaded. Exactly. It's like, I feel like they just landed in a pod and like they were just here. And yeah, so anyways, those are the three cancellations. Okay. Those are, I'm going to give a, I'm, I'm going to give one more and we'll give it a backstory. The backstory is, um, Donald Glover, AKA Childish Gambino yes. released a video. This is America. Um, in the video, is some very vivid, very vivid, um, artistic showcasing of kind of the, kind of the battle that there's a couple of different interpretations. Um, I'd love to hear yours, but like the battle between what we see of America and what we allow to distract us mm-hmm. from what happens in the background as we're dancing and, and moving along. And the process of the, the black human existence in America. Yes. Like there were so many things in that, that work of art and I will call it a work of art, a work of art. Um, and I've heard negative commentary because of, you know, the violence, um, the imagery of, you know, black men being shot and different things. But in reality, we have to have representations that speak to all people because mm-hmm. um, walking in the streets hasn't been working, violence hasn't been working, um, getting laws changed hasn't been working. So I think if we hit these issues from all streams mm-hmm. of influence, that's when we're going to see change. So yes, the imagery was very vivid. He had the minstrels. Um, there was um, Uncle Rocky. There were so many different layers of that um, that work of art. Mm-hmm. And it had such a conscious dialogue and it caused people to speak. And I think that's what art does. Art invokes uh, a response and reaction. And it's not on the artist to decide Correct. what that dialogue becomes. Mm-hmm. And to your point, we have another cancellation because yes. someone decided to... Uh, so, um, <laughs> Nicole Arbor, who is actually a Canadian woman. Who she's does, still white? She's white, but she's, in, she's from Canada and it's about This Is America. So that's what made it worse. So she made the remix of This Is America and this is like the one the women's remix. So it was her doing these horrible dances, trying to emulate what it was that was happening in Donald Glover's um, mm-hmm. version of it. And it's not the first time that she's gotten under my skin. She she's just really, really not a good person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like she that. she does things um kind of to evoke thought but yeah but they're from a lens that doesn't take into consideration like the full context of what she's but talking that always about happens. That, always ha- that even happens in when we talk about um when we talk about um like i want to be very safe here but like uh gender norms and um you know 
homosexuality and rights, gay rights, all these different things, I've always seen that whenever there is a, um, whenever a system or a body of people want to react to their identified oppression, they use the black struggle. And I've always had a problem with that because I don't think that every oppression is similar. Um, just like us, you know, I've heard people say that, um, and, and, I, and I, I do agree to some extent that um, what we've experienced as um, black peoples in America is comparative to what other um, people have experienced in their countries. Like people say that slavery was the African-American or the American Holocaust. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very careful to use terms like that because it takes away from what the Holocaust was right. to the Jewish people who were experiencing that. Right. And I will never understand because I'm not a Jewish person. Right. You know, and I don't have that 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 connection to it. And so it's hard for me um, to see people liken it to something that they can't experience um, firsthand, but I have empathy for of course women's like I'm cracking the color ceiling but I just feel like we have to be careful when we say, look at what's happening to me, it's the same as what happened to you know, this group or um, these individuals and it's not always the same. I don't understand why our like our struggle has to be likened to others think one of the things that people draw off of and the holocaust was what six years uh 39 to 45 mm-hmm. so so between 39 and 45 so six years mm-hmm. it was devastating devastating and it was brutal mm-hmm. and there were there were people who were turned into objects and their lives were treated as though they didn't matter. Right. So I will never take that away. Ever. There are people in the gay struggle just trying to be identified as themselves, as, as human themselves. beings. Yeah. They're brutalized mm-hmm. constantly. But what I will not do is allow the 400 plus years that black people, generations of black people, right were not only you know disqualified as human but literally treated as livestock right there is no comparison there's none in the world there's nothing that compares to chattel slavery ever yeah so i don't like even hearing those comparisons i got checked on it before Mm -hmm. in my in my attempt to try to to gain empathy and to paint the picture Mm -hmm. uh, i painted that picture as parallel and they are just not not parallel so the same thing i have to be careful doing with any of anybody else's struggle right i have a hard time understanding how how as black individuals we find space Mm. to discount anyone else's struggle right particularly in i didn't really i don't think we're gonna get into it get into it but particularly um like women's experiences Mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know the feeling, what it feels like to have to go to the store and feel angst because I don't know who I'm going to see or what their intention for me might be. Right. 
I can't discount a group of people who constantly have to consider those things. There's nothing I can do to, to draw that picture for myself. Mm-hmm. So from now on, and I guess I've been doing it for a little while now, but I try to reinforce for everyone, listen to what they tell you they go through. Right. And don't try to identify it for them. They already know. Yeah. They already have the experience, right? So with Nicole Arbor, it bugged me because she wanted to take a similar paintbrush and the similar canvas and paint it in the same form that Donald Glover did. Right. Which was impossible because the way that his was done was done in such a poignant way that if you have these things to say about the women's struggle, Say them in your own words. And, you know, it's hard for me, too, as a woman, because, you know, imitation, I've always heard, is the greatest Mm -hmm. form of flattery. Nah. Because you you can't, like, it's literally like, look at me, look at me, me, too. Mm -hmm. And and not me, too, like me, too. Not that me, too. (laughs) Not that me, too. But it's very problematic in ways because... You know, for instance, like I've gotten into discussions with people, and I've I've never tried to convince someone of my pain mm-hmm. or my struggle or my experience. It's mine. You can either empathize with it, accept it, but I don't need you to validate it mm-hmm. because you really can't. You can't validate my experience. Right. You know, and I think the best thing to be to someone is a reflection of human empathy, where you know, I can't imagine what it's like to be a black man in America. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely no clue what it's like to wake up every day as a black man. But I do know what it is to wake up as a black woman. Right. And I think if we were to come to an understanding of your experience is your experience, and I hope that in my existence, I can alleviate some of the negativity that you experience in your experience Mm -hmm. that's my goal but it's not to devalue your experience like i hate this back and forth like oh you got it you you, you're mad because you you i do the same thing i have it you know twice as bad or i have it three times as bad yeah we shouldn't be trying to compete on who's in the most pain Mm -mm. we should be trying to compete to get out of it right or or combine and heal it right you know what i mean so that's my version of getting out of it yeah well no Potato, potato, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think a collaborative effort in healing is, is necessary. Um, a part of just recognizing, empathizing, and providing the platform. And providing, safe yeah, providing a space for someone to be able to share their experience right. and know that it's it's not validated. I don't have to, you know, like you said, it doesn't need to be validated, but it needs to be heard. Right. And it needs to be respected. And I'm not here to search for a cure for things that have happened. I'm here to search for the healing in it. Find the lesson, bubble that up to the top, get rid of the trauma, make it a a teachable moment. And as long as we can continue to do that, then I don't feel so bad. But don't mock my experience. Right. Or or make it or reduce it to your understanding or your perspective of my experience. Right. Because your lens is completely different. Mm-hmm. How, how you lived your life as a Canadian woman, your lens you can never see into that. You know, 
my visual interpretation of seeing a gun to a black man's head is is pain is sorrow it's you know I think of my brothers I think of my nephews I think of my uncles I think of my I think of you I think of people that I'm close to I think of the tragedy of that image but I don't fear that that is literally my reality right in the blink of an eye yeah right like I, like and I know that black women we go through the same type of harassment in different cases um, but the assault on black men in the streets and their cars it's, it's a real, real thing yeah, it's, it's real. a real thing and I think we have to understand that our perspectives and our lenses really do invoke different comprehensions of what we're viewing yeah and it's and it's a we just got to respect each other we just respect each other I've just been noticing people's engagements um, because my head's a little bit less cloudy and I have a little bit more time on my hands, but respect is not like this common thing. I've been watching engagements in my office mm -hmm. that to me are like minuscule, like small things like, oh, you know, excuse me, that like pop off and blow up and I'm like, whoa, who do you think you are? Like literally that's what I'm saying in my head. like. Who do you think you are that you are allowed to respond like that? Like with things as small as, oh, you overbooked the conference room during a time when I needed it. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, like literally I've been in this, bruh, it ain't that deep. Right. Like, bruh, like calm down. And I've had like this look on my face at people's engagements where I'm like, oh my gosh, like who hurt you? Like all the time. And in my head, I'm like, have I just been probably just coasting? But I'm like, why are you talking to people like that? And I've been sending out, you know, mindfulness um, <laughs> exercises and little prompts. I'm like, we have to be mindful of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, people can say whatever they want about my directness, my tone, you know, how I present. But you will never say that I disrespect you. Right. Because that's just not who I am. I, sometimes I swallow every petty thought in my head. Because I have them. I have them all the time. I would never even imagine that. I mean, just... Yeah. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, um, and, and I do the same thing. Right. I, I think so many people are used to lashing out to get people off of them as right. quickly as possible. Or getting right. out of their way as quickly as possible so that they can remain in that cocoon mm -hmm. that they remain in. And it's a learned behavior. It's a, it's something that people have developed as a way of safekeeping. Right. Because literally, it's either an insecurity. Yeah. Like, there's an insecurity that, you know, if you're too perfect, and or if you mess up, I have to let everybody know. Right. So that everybody can still either right. not look at me or not notice my own flaws. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a mechanism. And that's what I've had to start picking up about the way that I interact with people is that I have to be intentional, but then I also have to make them understand that you, I, I need that same intention with me. Yeah. You know, like, no, you, what we're not going to do is sit here and scream at each other. Because at all. Number one, when you get louder, I get, I, you get quieter in my ear. I'm not oh, going to yeah. hear it. So, and, and that I guess is a mechanism and, as well. Yeah. Right. But I also disengage. Right. And I've had to like really, I've actually had a few 
I would I don't know if I would call them run-ins, but you know situations where I saw a situation transpire and I it made me kind of really think about the person who you know the situation it happened with and I'm like wait 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 like how did we get here like mm-hmm. how do we go from a zero to a hundred and I realized it's because the way I process is not the same and I'm a passionate person but I'm not an angry person and I'm not a violent person I've never been violent I've never I don't even like combat I don't like challenging like I don't and so <laughs> you know we were talking a couple episodes about uh, ago about just like how I feel like I've been constantly bombarded with like having to defend and having to fight mm-hmm. and that's exhausting it is. you know to me because I, I genuinely love people mm-hmm. I genuinely and I genuinely love life and so I don't know I've just been in this space where I'm really like who hurt you and why like and even in you know in my Facebook post I'm very just like <laughs> to the point and I'm joking but my day in the life I don't know why I keep saying that I spelled it um, on this day you know I've been reading some posts and I've literally kind of been in the season of like purging introspection for like the past couple of years mm-hmm. and um, I like the fact that we I look at time as cyclical mm-hmm. and then there's seasons and they're all connected and so I recently posted, you know, what is the lesson? Like, what are you supposed to learn again in this season? Because it's just 365 spins around the sun. But, you know, what have you not gleaned that you're supposed to glean for that right. next rotation? What's supposed to have changed? What, mm-hmm. what perspective is supposed to have changed? I think that's... Or been enhanced. Or been enhanced. And what's what I really find cool is like that on, on this day, watching your metamorphosis. <laughs> You know, understanding where you were, even when you made a reflection. Yeah. And how, in some ways, if it's speaking from a genuine, authentic place, it still it's speaks to, be to that. me now. It's still going to be that. Yeah, just, the, like, I've had days, and I've, even recently, I'll, I'll post something randomly for my future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you can see it again. Yeah. Because once, I, see where you once, are. once I'm in my next level, or my next phase, and hopefully it doesn't come to a point where I need it for survival right. but I just need it for reinforcement yeah. it'll be there right um so I, I think a lot of that is really ministering to yourself and understanding like you're not always going to be in the same space you are but wherever you are you should be learning you, you should sh- be learning you should be learning and you should be, and you should be and you should be growing and feeding and feeding into your sowing into yourself and you should be feeding and sowing into the person that you are you are continuously evolving into mm-hmm. because I just I think it's such a shame that we think this version of ourselves is who we are. Mm-hmm. This is not who I am. No. You know, this is a small glimpse into the the very dynamic being um, that the Creator has shaped me to be. And I love the on this day because it's like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, we always wanted to put things in a time capsule and bury it and then go look at it in a couple years but now we have these daily reminders of who we were from whenever you began your you know Facebook account and a lot of it has been refreshing and a lot of it has been also clarifying because I've read some of my statuses over the past month or so and I'm like I now know why I don't even engage in um, dialogue Mm -hmm. 
the way I used to because of some, because I use, I'm just like, this is what's going on in my life and this is how I feel. But I, I wrote a litany to some man and <laughs> it was really like, you know, it was poignant and I'm still single, but this, this, the sentiment was the same, mm-hmm. you know, you place value on other things like your haircuts and your watches and your clothes and your cars, but you don't place value on um, getting to know someone or intimacy or that person's value. Mm-hmm. And that came back up and I was just like, girl, preach it. That's one of the things that I enjoy about <laughs> watching my journey too, because there have been times when I wasn't sure mm. what was going to happen mm. or you know, for example, uh, I guess right. I guess the year before I moved back here mm-hmm. from Seattle, I missed Nadia's end of the year celebration of Miranda's mm-hmm. birthday, and I wrote on Facebook, "This will never happen again. Mm-hmm. I hate this feeling. Whatever needs to be done from this point forward, I'm going to do because yeah. I can't feel like this again." And then I look back now, and I'm like, "Wow, these are the moments that." determine that I mm-hmm. these are the things that I need in my life to be healthy right. and so it's funny that it's not really it's, it's not it's reaffirming to know that the things that you set out and knew that you needed to do for your own well-being mm-hmm. you took the steps to do over right. these years and and even if you it. haven't accomplished it just the steps yeah. towards it and, and the statements alone are, are therapeutic you know for me my statement of self-worth is I'm not lowering my standards because these are my standards and your statement of self-worth that you value yourself and the role that you have in the lives of these two dynamic beautiful black women that you don't want to compromise mm-hmm. that that position again yeah. and that's just super that's super healthy and that's the reason why we're co- podcast leaders and we've been talking for a while we have so that being said yeah uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed our potpourri of (laughs) potpourri you know they got um, smaller potpourri I can't it's a thing and I encourage everyone I'm not getting any endorsements from this to invest into it it's this little thing you go to the toilet and public bathroom or your office mm-hmm. honey you could save people like me who have a really <laughs> bad gag reflex <laughs> anyway listen please go to mindourgenius.com yes. also go to our Facebook page like us join our community and actually post engage stuff. with us some of y'all do shout out to the um to the beautiful people who do send us these DM messages yes. that tell us about our impact in their lives. It's I very, very, it's very, very fulfilling and enriching. Um, not specifically for me, but most, more so for my co-host. Yeah, because I like that stuff. And um, you gonna let me do my thing? Sorry. <laughs> who had the vision for this and wanted it to come to fruition, and now it's here. So. I'm I'm always inspired when I see those posts because I get to say, see, look, your jeans coming true. <laughs> yeah. All right, though, we are out. Yeah, we, we will out. catch you next time, hopefully with non-canceled people. 
and the summer is coming. Yes, it is. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is Gabriel here reminding you to check out our website, www.mindourgenius.com. Shoot us a note, share a story idea, tell us how you feel about how we're doing as we curate the new Black American persona. Also, hit us up on Instagram, follow us at mindourgenius.com. Why the start Facebook? Facebook.com.